man, what is really going on? It's your boy Shay coming back at y'all with another episode of the Emmaus Proposition. How's everybody doing? Hope y'all doing good, man. Um, just chilling over here, thinking about what I want to talk about on today's episode. And y'all know, I, <laughs> me and my wife, we are... Ever since we've been together, man, we we've been into like sci-fi and and superhero movies and stuff like that, right? So, like, uh, we went through all the Iron Mans uh, back when they first came out. You know, Hulk, Incredible Hulk, all those, um, all the Spider Mans and everything else. So, when when Marvel finally got a plan together to just like put together a whole universe, man, we were jazzed and you know, walk through. Thor and Black Panther and um, Captain Marvel, all of them, all of them, right? I want to say it was like, what, it's like 20-some movies as we were going through it? And, man, we've been fans, we've been fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe up until recently post-Endgame. And, uh, man, things have really, <laughs> oh my gosh, things have kind of gone downhill a little bit, man. Like, and so we, to, the idea that, that Marvel has all of these characters that it can, that it can tap from is super exciting. Like they could take the storyline absolutely anywhere and, you know, we're excited for it. We were excited for that. And these last few movies, man, like. We tried to watch Shang Chi, and man, just he just didn't have the the story arc, the character development that we were used to. We tried to watch Eternals. I think I did a show on that one, man, and it just it just fell short, man. Plus, man, they were trying they're trying to inject a bunch of stuff, man. Like who who wants to take their kids to see somebody having a a love making scene on the beach? Like nobody nobody wants to take their kids to go see that, man, and. Or the 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 uh, the same sex scene, like it was just there's a certain stuff that's just unnecessary. But this where it's where Disney is now. Like they came out and had a full on uh, conference meeting about how this was the agenda that they wanted to push, right? And so here we are, um, getting all this kind of stuff, man. And here recently, because we've been a fan of the Thor movies too. So we, the other night we watched the latest edition of Thor. So I think it's Thor edition number four. It's called Love and Thunder. And man, if I was uh, the old school Siegfried and Roy, is it Siegfried and Roy? Was that the old? They they did like the movie reviews and stuff like that. Man, I would. Oh man, I I would give it, I would give it a thumbs down. Like, I'm not even, I can't even begin to tell y'all, yes I can, I'm going to begin to tell you, because that's what we're going to talk about on today's episode. We're going to talk about Thor, Love and Thunder, and how much it sucked, <laughs> to put it mildly, yo. There was so much they could have done with this movie and with the characters, man, and, um, some of the funniest parts, you know, you know how like in 
in movies when they come out with previews and stuff like that, and you're watching through the previews, and it's like, it makes the film look hilarious and, and engaging and stuff like that. And then you go to watch the movie and, and all the parts that were the best parts of the movie are actually in the preview. That's what they did Love of Thunder, man. Like some of the some of the best previews that I saw about the movie were like the best parts of the movie. Like it was it was kinda it was kinda bunk, man. And uh <laughs> We can start with um, how they how they treated the Guardians of the Galaxy. So right there, oh yeah, spoiler alerts all over the place, man. We I'm just I'm just gonna open up about the movie because I I won't actually suggest that anybody go watch it. Like it's not for anything that's like, um, well there were a couple of crude parts, but um. The, the main reasons are just because it was it was poorly written and they mishandled the characters so like right at right at the jump of the movie you got the guardians of the galaxy and they're like fighting a fighting a battle or whatever and the guardians are there and um you know they got a they got a good fighting scene going on and everything's cool and um thor's off um meditating or something like whatever he's doing they say, Thor, we need you. So he jumps in to the battle. And as they're dialoguing, man, I start I start listening to their dialogue. I'm like, something's off. They they don't sound right. <laughs> like And it was crazy because their whoever wrote their dialogue was like it it was it was the worst, man. Like it, it was it was so bad. Like it was it was like a telenovela. It was it was like somebody was right trying to write a telenovela telenovela that was a parody of a telenovela. It, it was like they were trying to write a superhero movie, but it was a parody of a superhero movie. And at first you're like, okay, maybe maybe this is like somebody's dream or something like that, right? Like maybe maybe they're being over the top. They're trying to be too funny, and it's actually like it's some kind of joke or it's somebody's thoughts or something like that because sometimes they'll do that in a movie like they just they'll go over the top with it and then they pan to the next scene and the person wakes up they're like slobbering or drooling all over themselves or something like that right and this like it kept up the whole movie man the whole movie the the dialect was so bad it, it was it was just like it was it was terrible it was it was it was terrible writing and um it was nothing it was nothing like to really like put your finger on other than just like it, it was like they were trying to be funny trying to be funny for the sake of just making a comedy or like a parody like i was saying it wasn't it never really took itself seriously at all i like i understand like there's there's certain movies that take themselves too seriously this didn't take anything seriously this this they were talking about like end of the world level crises, like every other superhero movie, right? Like the universe is always about to end in a superhero movie, and uh, this one's no different. It was, it was a villain. He's trying to take over the world and all that kind of stuff, right? But the dialect that they had in there, it just made it a joke, like a bad joke. Like it was, it wasn't even like dad joke. 
status. It was like it was like National Lampoon. It was it was like a love, yo Spaceballs had better dialect than Love and Thunder. If if y'all have seen Spaceballs, Spaceballs had better character development, story arc, and dialect than for Love and Thunder. That is sad, man. That is sad. It was it was like there were some parts where just because I laugh at stuff, it was just funny. It's just funny. And and there's a bunch of jokes like they had these two goats that were gifted to Thor right at the beginning of the movie. And the goats were like screaming goats or yelling goats or whatever. They were sc screaming goats. goats. But they were like, they were huge. They were these huge goats, right? Big enough to pull a ship. Like they were, they were humongous, but they would scream just randomly. And they played that joke. It's, it was funny the first couple times, right? They played that joke the entire movie. The entire movie. It's it's like when it's like when like your kids come up to tell you a joke and then they explain the joke to you, but then they tell the joke again and again and again and again. That was that was the goat joke throughout the whole movie, man. It was it was so bad. Um and it kind of it just kind of spits in the face of people that have been watching these movies for the last 20 years like we actually enjoy these movies and and Disney is is just making it like a farce man it's it's making the whole thing a farce i i heard the same thing about She-Hulk we haven't watched that series She-Hulk yet but from what i hear man they got they got Megan Thee Stallion on there uh teaching She-Hulk how to twerk um it's like a it's like a parody Ally McBeal is what I heard and I and come on man like this stuff is this stuff is not that it's serious like we we watch it so that we can escape and get away from life and reality and stuff like that right but they're just they're making it into a farce it's it's just bad like I'm I'm running out of words <laughs> saying this is an absolute joke is what it is. And so, Screaming Goats came through, and that was that was like, oh man, we got we got to get over this. Um, and then, you know, whatever your feelings about Mighty Thor, right? So they had Natalie Portman come back to reprise her role as, um, oh, I forget her name, Jane, or something like that. She came back to reprise her role, but she's got some kind of illness or something like that, and so. She goes through some kind of way. She magically uh, picks up the hammer. And, and up to this point in the the movies, we're, we're three movies in, the hammer has never spoken to Thor. Like, Thor has never talked to the hammer. And in his movies, like, he's he's talking to the hammer. Like, they're in this, this relationship, almost. And, oh my gosh. So, <laughs> Thor whispers... To the hammer, hey, regardless of what happens between uh, Jane and I, uh, I want you to take care of her. And so, the hammer consents that she's getting sick, and so it calls out to her. She goes to New Asgard and picks up the hammer, becomes the mighty Thor. 
right? And they and they jack her up like they she's she's like she's feminine buff, and they make her taller and all kind of other stuff, right? And it's just a joke, man. It's just it's it's just a joke, man. It, it was all the other stuff that's happened throughout the movies. You had the multi the multiverse of madness, the way that they could have made the mighty Thor. They could have. Um, they could have done so much other stuff, man. Like so, the whole thing with the hammer up to this point was that it it only allows the person who's worthy as to to pick it up. So it's it's not like it has a personality. It it's it's reading the worthiness of the person, and so not only <laughs> this this part was actually kind of funny because they made it to where so he had his his old hammer that got destroyed by uh, by his evil sister, right? Helena or something like that in the in the last Thor movie and then <laughs> so he's got a Stormbringer and it's like a hacks it's like an axe hammer combination right and so they make this like almost like this love affair between Thor his new hammer and his old hammer and it <laughs> the the concept behind it was I mean it's it's funny it's it's funny. I, I can't deny that it's funny, but it's like it's a joke, man. Like they introduced this stuff super last minute, and if this is if this is like the last Thor movie, I'm actually kind of happy this is the last Thor movie because I, I I can't imagine what they would try to do with his character next. Like they they took it from something that was like if you remember the first Thor movie, he was it was serious, man. Like he was he was kicking he was kicking some backside, right? All kind of action scenes. He he lands on Earth. He has to fight the big giant metal thing and all kind of stuff, right? And but in between there, he had breaks. There was breaks of comedy. It wasn't like the whole thing was a comedy. It had, it had breaks of comedy to kind of to kind of break up some of the action, some of the drama. But with this, they had. It was like a. It was a parody. That they had small moments of drama to to try to break up the comedy, and it just it didn't work, man. It didn't it didn't work. So you had Mighty Thor, and she's like she's got all these kind of new abilities and stuff like that, and the hammer is, is trying to heal her, but as it turns out, it's not actually healing her; it's actually killing her because human beings aren't supposed to handle Asgardian magic. Who? Who could have, who could have pre-thought that 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 wouldn't have been a good idea? Oh, I know the rest of the three movies that they put out, right, and and everything else that they put out as far as content with the MCU. So anybody, anybody could have guessed that anybody that tries to to handle Thor's hammer, one is not going to be worthy of it. Two is not going to be able like. It was just bad. It was, it was just bad writing, and so that was like whatever. Um, Gore, the God Butcher, his character was interesting. I have to give it to him on that. They did they did a good job on on his character, right? So they gave him a good story arc on why he's there, why he's so mad at the gods and stuff like that, um, and. They make them really menacing, man, and and really, you know, the superheroes they, they have to rise to the occasion in order to defeat, um, 
in order to defeat the nemesis that that's in the movie, right? The antagonist that's in the movie. And and they did they did a good job. Christian Bale, man, I I, I loved him in Batman. He's probably he's probably my favorite Batman. Heath Ledger, yo, my favorite Joker. Crazy. They they both did an amazing job in those movies, right? Bane, not so much. Anyway, I'm crossing universes. <laughs> He did a great job. He did, he did an awesome job. And like the way he would ride the shadows and stuff like that, I thought they did excellent work. Um, but again, because Marvel is on this this tear of trying to like remove any like any semblance of any kind of patriarchy even if it's a false patriarchy right they're just they're trying to, to deconstruct the whole thing and so um it has to be jane that saves thor a few times um ultimately it's her sacrifice of what of what helps thor defeat gore if that's his name the god butcher i'm gonna call him the god butcher because i'm not exactly sure of his name but yeah, like this, there's this there's this weird patriarchy thing that Disney feels like they have to tear down. Um, like it, it can't be that, you know, you're just strong. And so Thor is there with uh, the mighty Thor, and then um, Valkyrie is there, man, and you know they're calling her they're calling her King Valkyrie, and it's a chick, and it's just like, what are you, Disney man? What are y'all doing, man? It's all it's all over the place, and then you had, um, you had Russell Crowe as Zeus was in the movie because I guess there's like this this realm where all of the all of the um, pantheon of gods where where they all exist from all over the world, right? All all over the universe, not even not even just Earth, just like all over the universe. And it's all these pantheons of gods, and, and Zeus is the mightiest one, and he's doing tricks with his his uh, bolt of lightning and stuff like that, right? And Thor goes down, and he starts talking to him. Yo, why do they strip Thor down to like bare booty naked? And it's so unnecessary, man. Like again, kids are going to see this. This isn't like it's not just adults that are watching this. This is this. These are kids that are watching this thing, man. Like kids dress up as Thor for like Halloween, and they're grabbing like toy hammers made of foam, and they're hitting their little brothers over the head with it, man. Like this is. Yes, there's a lot of adults that enjoy this content, but for the most part, man, like when stuff is accessible to kids, something like a like a um, a Morbius. I, I get that that is like rated R. It's a vampire. He's got blood all over the place, and it's bloody. He's chewing people. Like that's obviously not for kids, right? Thor is not one of those movies, man. Like for for some reason, for some reason that Disney has found it necessary to over sexualize children, and I just I don't I don't I don't get it, man. I don't get it. And actually, like, it's one of the things that makes the Bible come, just come alive. And, and it's, it's one of the ways that, like, 
when the Bible says that it's living and breathing, it speaks to every generation. And we're, we're in a generation right now where, man, the Bible is, is becoming more and more true. And so when it says that like false prophets have gone out into the earth, more and more, man, like this, this messaging that, that Disney and Star Wars and Marvel are pushing out that um, sexuality is, is just as relative as, as anything else and it doesn't matter, man, that's a, that's a false message, man. And you can see it, like you can you can just see it ramping up. So they didn't they didn't put a, a bunch of gay stuff in there with Valkyrie. She did she did have some parts where it was like, come on, man, like you you don't need to explore her sexuality. This is this is a superhero movie. Doesn't doesn't matter, right? They got they got bare booty naked Chris Hemsworth, who by the way he has his kids in the movie. His actual like his actual children in real life. His actual children are in the movie. And he's on set, bubbly naked. And I, <laughs> bucket naked. <laughs> I don't understand, man. I guess it's just, it's out of control, the, the stuff they're doing. The stuff they're, they're like trying to push the envelope for some reason. Instead of just remaining true to Stan Lee and, and what, he, what he set out to do. With putting together an MCU, man, and Stan Lee said it like his his primary character was Spider-Man, right? And, and Peter Parker, right off the bat, he was like, "With great power comes great responsibility." And for some reason, Disney is not getting that, man. Like you, you, you cannot put stuff out and be reckless with your content. With great power, which they have, oh my goodness, Disney has the entertainment market cornered. With great power comes great responsibility, and and they are, they are failing, man. They're they're failing so many people, not just failing on like trying to push the envelope, but just not even telling good stories, man. Not even telling good stories. So She Hulk, I heard, is not doing that great, and um, what else did we watch? We watched a couple of the others. Um, Actually, you know what? I'll give it to Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel, me and my wife watched that, and it was actually, it was really good. Like, the way they handled Kamala Khan, other than she is uh, technically an inhuman, but they made her powers more cosmic. That was weird. But I, you know, you take what you can get after a while, right? But Disney is just, other than that, man, other, other than... Miss Marvel and you know it was like history lesson watching Miss Marvel man it was really cool seeing like Indian culture and stuff. Other than that it's just kind of like, meh. I was looking forward to Moon Knight meh. I was looking forward to Eternals. <laughs> I was looking forward to Thor. Big thumbs down. It, that was like that was two raspberries. <laughs> it was so bad. And so yeah. Um, and again, the goat jokes throughout the whole movie. The, the only time that it was funny, the only time that it was like super funny, the goats, they're, they're pulling this Asgardian ship or whatever, and what looks like they're approaching a moon. You know how like you see a moon on screen and the people actually have to like go down and land on the surface. 
<laughs> on, on this, uh, either because the ship was so big or because it was just the way they did it. They just like, they were like, and just like crashed into the moon. That was the only time that the goat joke was funny. Um, other than that, man, it was, it was just too much. It was, they were trying to be too funny. They, they tried to, they're trying to inject all these different stupid things that don't need to be there. And, um, and Disney is ruining Marvel. And it, it's like, it's like a lamenting thing because actually, I actually really enjoy Marvel characters. Um, and then on the other hand, it makes me excited because, be, uh, because there are other, uh, content creators that are out there that are creating new content. They're not having to rely on uh, DC and Marvel anymore. Uh, I don't know if he'll ever watch this, but uh, my man uh, Eric July, uh, Young Ripper, is putting together the Ripperverse. And uh, man, he's he within the first month, I want to say he had like four million, uh, four million in revenue, just because people people are sick of what. They're doing to these characters, man. They just—they want good content. They don't—they don't want all these, all these, uh, all this messaging that are against their values. Like we want—we want to be able to enjoy a superhero movie or comic or um, some kind of entertainment without it being attached to somebody's nasty worldview. And so. If you want to go watch it, take caution. Definitely don't let your kids watch it. Um, I, I wouldn't say let your kids watch it. Um, just because I don't, you know, I got, I got a daughter, man. I don't want to see, like, bare booty. <laughs> I don't want to be sitting beside my kid and, and, a, and a bare booty jumps up on the screen, man. It's just it's just not my favorite. It's not my favorite thought. And um, I, it's, it's bad enough sitting beside my, my wife and... You know, Chris Hemsworth is like that dude got muscles out the wazoo, and so you know, I got his, I got his bare booty up on the screen, and got my wife sitting there. I'm like, man, I need to do two more, two, two more squats, <laughs> a couple more lunges. <laughs> oh gosh, um, but yeah, man, Love and Thunder. Uh, it turns out he ends up uh, adopting. Uh, the God Butcher's daughter, Thor does, and so her her code name is Love. His code name is Thunder, and that's how you. It, it got to the end of the movie, and that was like that was the reason for the title of the movie was Love and Thunder, and it was so cheese, man. It was it was, it was just it was it was just bad. Anywho. Um, where I think this leads us to the road to Emmaus. It, it actually comes from the God Butcher. And um, this, as I was watching it, I was sitting there thinking, because they, like I said, they did a really good job uh, explaining his story arc and why he wanted, like, all gods dead. Like, he just, he saw them as... Um, as redundant, as not caring about people, and um, he had a force call out to him that uh, was sucking his, that was draining his life energy, uh, but it but it fueled him to just 
executing any god that he can get his hand of and and his intent was to get to that that realm where all the gods were and just just take all of them out right and as i was sitting there the messaging that the movie put in there was the um the futility of god like it was it was trying to make it to where um it was following in the steps of Frederick Nietzsche, uh, Frederick Nietzsche that was talking about how God is dead. And what, what Nietzsche was trying to do, he was he was trying to get people to adopt like this humanism, like we don't we don't have need for the gods anymore. And the more we try to cling to our gods, it, it just be it just comes off as superstitious and people don't need to follow the gods anymore because of that old superstition. They actually just need to to follow themselves and to, to build themselves up and to uh, put forth their own efforts, not give glory to God, but give glory to themselves and, and raise up their own humanism, right? And I, and I feel like this movie kind of expanded on that thought and didn't just try to put the most high to death. It, it was trying to put, to put to death like the concept of God. Like not just not just God as a person, but like even the even the concept that there's a higher being, it tried to put that to death. Because like Gore, when the movie first started, he was like he was a devotee of his particular God from whatever planet he was from. And when he met this God, uh, found out that he wasn't all that, and it and it, that was like, I, I feel like that was one of those things where, um, it was it was like a, almost like a slap in the face. To any kind of Christian, the the whole movie felt like it was a slap in the face to any kind of Christian value, but that that scene in particular where he meets his God and ends up killing his God that he was formerly devoted to was just like a see, you don't need God, and I just that just kind of it resonated with me in a way that was like oh man like. This messaging is demonic, man. Like this, this messaging is it. It kind of is trying to lean in to just absolute chaos. Here's the worst thing we can do as human beings. The, the worst thing we can do, and the, the Bible would call this person a fool. The worst thing we could do is say there is no God. It, it's it's the worst thing we could do for the human spirit because. At that point, man, reality itself starts to go out the window. Like every everything begins to come undone. When when we can when we can say, and not the not the gods of like the imaginary gods that were up in the pantheon, right? Like I'm not talking about these man-made gods that um, that people invented out of their own imagination, like Zeus and 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 um, the Egyptian gods and all this other kind of stuff, right? I'm talking about like God that came in the flesh, that actually touched reality. Like, he, he didn't remain an invisible God. He became visible. He's, he's the Word incarnate. He came to walk a mile in our shoes, if you will. That person, the Bible says, like, if you said that that person doesn't exist, then you're a fool. 
like Mr. T said, I pity the fool. <laughs> I pity the fool, man. To watch this movie and to for a person to walk away thinking, yes, I could put even the concept of God to death. Finally. Like I and I, I can just imagine people that are already on that foolish chain of thought saying, Man, if I get into the into the courtroom of God and I see him face to face, oh, I would love to just run a sword through him. And that person's a fool. God is not like these little these little peedly gods and they were men. Zeus and them, they talking about having like orgies and stuff like that. Man, it was it was just it was too much, and, and to think like that's how that's how you know that these are like man-made created gods because they're just they're living out our most debased pleasures up in up in whatever heavenly realm that they're in. God is not like that. God is holy. God is just. God is righteous. And as Jesus was walking on his Emmaus road. And he's talking to his disciples. Maybe he first well, I know he foresaw it. I don't know if he would have been able to explain it to those two guys in a way that would have made sense to them. But if he could have, and, and here's how if if we're like we like to do here, we like to walk on this road through our imagination, right? We like to walk with Jesus, and as he's explaining where he fits, like in the old testament and the new testament, and and how how he's fit into our our culture and societies ever since for him to explain to us when when i tell you that there is one god and you shouldn't put any other gods before me i mean that and it and it's detrimental to do anything else not not that just i i'm just like this eno egotistical maniac it's actually it's a dangerous thing it's it's a it's a dangerous path that we're on in in reality's sake if there is no god like the alternative is chaos we're up is actually inside out and goats run into <laughs> screaming goats run into planets and men are women and women are men and people are animals People can be lizards and furries, and it—it's absolute chaos. Like I—I I don't even—I <laughs> don't even know where. I don't even have the words to describe what that, what a world without the justice and the righteousness of God. What what kind of world that would be? It, it would be absolutely nuts. That's insane. Like why? Why would we even want something like that? Why would we want, like, a godless society? I was just watching the other day. I was watching the news. Uh, uh, actually, I was, I was looking on YouTube, and somebody, um, I, I want to say they were in Illinois, and they, Illinois is introducing a new law where there's, there's certain crimes that you can commit to include like second degree murder. There's certain crimes you can commit that if you can't afford a cash bail, they just let you out. 
they call it they're calling it the purge law and i've never seen that movie man but i know the concept of the purge right there's a there's a time of the year where where people are allowed to just go and live out their most debased nature and uh and nobody be persecuted for that day that's that's what chaos starts to look like man where, where justice no longer exists forget all this like rioting in the streets kind of calls for justice and stuff like that man in a godless society there is no such thing as justice so everybody just does what they want it's, it's complete absolute anarchy Absol absolute anarchy where even the concept of reality is challenged it's, it's chaos in, in, in the beginning when God made everything and, his, and, and the spirit of God is hovering over the face of the waters he's taming chaos in the flood, as God brings the flood, it's like a callback to the absolute chaos that existed before God put things in order. When Jesus is out on the water and the there's a storm that, that overtakes the fishermen in the boat. And it talks about like the raging sea, right? It was, it was, a, it was a storm that none of them could handle. It's a callback to that chaos. And Jesus tells the storm, chill out, be still. Jesus is in the business of taming chaos. And, and the more we say there is no God, the more we, we celebrate the fact that uh, God, the concept of God is a joke. We can put it away willy-nilly and we can do better by ourselves. And matter of fact, Let's just kill this concept of God altogether. The more we do that, the more we're teetering on the verge of chaos. And then it's, it's a suicidal thing for, for all of reality. For us to try to, to kill off the thing that, that's holding our atoms together. The thing that, that puts the most chaotic things in nature, the He's the one who orders them. He's the one who keeps them from absolutely like ravaging it all. He's the one that tells the sea how far to come up and how far to go back out. He's the one that, that tempers the fact that we haven't had the the um, the volcano, the super volcano that's in Yellowstone. The fact that it hasn't erupted yet is only by the grace of God. Like, like hopefully people understand that. It's only because of the grace of God that the United States haven't been wiped off the map. And man, stuff is, if something's going to take us out, it might be that Yellowstone. Old Faithful is out there like, All right, I'm getting tired, y'all. That's going to take us out. Hurricanes could take us out. Yo, right now, here in Nevada, we got these we got these fires that are going on over in California, but the smoke that's here. Man, I was outside for like two minutes yesterday. I could I could already feel the smoke creeping into my chest. The like poor air quality when they tell you to stay inside is probably like 100, 150 somewhere in there. The air quality right now, if we go outside and look right now, it's probably somewhere like around 500. <laughs> heat waves avalanches 
earthquakes. The, the only reason why nature hasn't wiped us off the face of the map is because of the grace and glory of God that is giving people an opportunity to come to him and repent. That, my friends, I think is the conversation Jesus was having with his disciples on the road to Emmaus. The only reason God continues to be gracious toward us is because he's offering us an opportunity to come to him in repentance. And so I'm not talking about living a sinless life. I don't, I don't think that's possible. Uh, I think incrementally we learn how to trust in Christ more and more. We learn how to look to the incarnate word. We learn how to just like trust and rely on God for the things that we need. And we honor him. We don't, we don't make movies where the con even the concept of him is a joke. And uh, and that's what this movie did. It, it made the concept of God a joke. <laughs> From a movie critic standpoint, it was just it was a it was a parody movie that wasn't even a well done parody movie. One of my favorite movies of all time is Blazing Saddles, Spaceballs. Mel Brooks was kind of a genius to me, man. <laughs> he he could get away with stuff that we can't get away with these days. Those were those were comedies, but they but they actually like they were also they had like a they had a story behind them too, man. They they had good storytelling behind it. So even though it was a joke, it was an absolute joke. Spaceballs was an absolute joke, man. But the jokes they did they had they had an intentionality behind them. Blazing Saddles was actually like talking to a lot of like social issues as it's making fun of them. Man, that's that's smart comedy. This was dumb comedy. It was it was farce, and um, many false prophets have gone out in the world. One of the main ones right now happens to be in control of um, three of the largest entertainment spheres that the world that the world is known right now. And um, my call to everybody is being careful. Be careful about what you ingest. Because um, false prophets, they don't do anything but lead you away from the presence of God. And that's what it feels like this entertainment sphere is trying to do right now. Man, I give, I, like I said, I give a salute to the Ripperverse, man. I, I, hope you, I hope you do good over there, man. Uh, I hope, uh, I pray, I pray, I'm praying for you, man. I'm praying that you are so successful that you start to put out movies. I pray that it influences other people. I think I said on here before that I want to get into like, making video games and stuff like that because like the world needs more things that honor Christ. It, it needs to, to temper some of this storm, man. People are wishing this storm upon themselves. Man, it's coming. If if the Christians that are still creative don't start to put forth their God-given ability to start to turn some of this tide, man, we need another Great Awakening, actually. We need, we need round three of a Great Awakening. Because we're just, we're just living in a world, man. It's um, it's just evil. It's becoming more and more evil. And so, see it, don't go see it. Uh, that's up to you. Um, I don't. I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be supporting uh, these these major studios that are putting out garbage like this. But um, but we'll see, man. We'll see what happens. But that's my episode for today, man. I hope y'all doing good. Uh, please make sure to like, share, subscribe if you're over on YouTube. 
Yo, if you're over uh, and listening on the podcast, thank you so much uh, for tuning in, man. Tell some folks about what we're doing over here, man. And y'all, y'all hit me up. I still want to get some people on here, talk through some stuff. Um, and I'm over on Rumble. If y'all are on Rumble, uh, I know some people got beef with Rumble, but it's all good, man. I'm trying to, I'm trying to spread the glory of God um, everywhere. And so, y'all hype me on your socials. Um, hype me on whatever um, social contact you got, and we'll keep this thing moving to the glory of God. So, love y'all. Hope y'all doing well. Hit me up if you are. Hit me up if you're not. Until next time, grace and peace.